What's up, guys? You're listening to Bar Hoppin', and I'm your host, Drew Landry. This is a podcast where I have a guest on to talk about their all-time favorite rap verse. Now, this episode is a little different. My guest is Allie Lou, who's a comedian here in Los Angeles. She's really talented. She's one of my favorite comics out here. But today, instead of talking about a specific verse, we'll be talking about a whole song. And that song is uh, called My Shot, and it's from Hamilton. I've never seen Hamilton, but I listened to the song before we recorded this episode, and as you kind of explain the context. Uh, a few things before we start. Number one, this was recorded on Zoom, and the audio quality kind of sucks. Her voice is too quiet, my voice is too loud, and you can hear a lot of background noise, uh, especially towards the end. Number two, this was recorded a while ago. It was recorded a few days before the election. So as you'll see, there's a lot of anxiety in the conversation because we were terrified that you know who would be reelected. Luckily, he wasn't. And last of all, I like to cut down these podcasts and make them really short. But this episode is significantly longer than the other episodes so far. It's because me and Allie had such a great conversation and there's just so much stuff that I I didn't want to cut. And we get off topic a lot, but, you know, who cares? And, yeah, that's it. I hope you guys enjoy it. This is Bar Hoppin'. Actually, this podcast is typically five hours, so you're going to have to talk about it for a while. <laughs> I know, exactly. This thing is a beast. So what is it, what is it about this song that made you choose it? Uh, um, okay, so I, I don't just, I can't just listen to music. Like, I have that uh, curse of, uh, you know, having been in musicals my whole life, having learned English through music, like, I just... I'm always looking for more, right? Which is why I love rap because mm. rap is so fucking dramatic. It's the most dramatic thing in the world. Like yeah. beats, feuds, like all that shit is just like, just put on some dance shoes and just dance. Yeah, it's and very it's, theatrical. It's so theatrical. So I'm like, yeah, the only way you're going to get me to learn anything is if you rap it at me for three hours. Yeah. <laughs> Which did not work uh, growing up because I'm horrible at math. Like if I'm going to fulfill negative stereotypes like being a terrible driver, I'm also going to do everyone a solid and suck at the thing you think I'm really good Yeah, <laughs> balance it out. <laughs> exactly, some variety. Uh, so I'm just like dog shit at math. Like it's embarrassing how bad at math I am. Um, and my stepdad, he's an engineer, he's Chinese, he's like, that. that's unacceptable, uh, but you really like music, so he gave me these tapes that were like math raps. Oh, that's and amazing. These raps literally went, any number by zero always equals zero. Any number by one equals that same number. <laughs> it's not as good. I was really hoping it would open with like, uh, my name is blank and I'm here to say... <laughs> We're going to do some math today. I, I literally threw those first few tapes away because I was like, I can't be associated with this. <laughs> no, I think we should do another episode just about those tapes because they sound <laughs> incredible. Got, like really fancy styrofoam, like there were like eight tapes in a series. It was just like I carried around like my shame. <laughs> I had to listen to it while waiting for my parents to pick me up. It was, like, there's That's a hilarious. Lot of 
Um, but I love this song because, fun fact, it took Lin-Manuel Miranda one year to write this song. Um, really? It, yeah, it occupies this space in musical theater called the I Want Song, where you kind of get to know, you know, a little bit more about, you know, sometimes just one character, but oftentimes like an ensemble. Um, it really solidifies the who, what, when, and where of everything. Um, while also every couplet, uh, he used the shit out of every space he had. You think, okay, well, could have this been pared down? No, like every word belongs there, um, which I think is a an amazing feat for a writer to accomplish. Yeah, um, in any medium. In any medium, yeah. Like, I love this song because, again, like so many different voices are being introduced into it. And while also like having a hook. Does this song happen early in Hamilton? Yeah, so Hamilton starts, the opening The opening bars of Hamilton are literally, how does a bastard orphan son <laughs> of a whore and a Scotsman dropped in the middle of a forgotten spot in the Caribbean. Like there's so much yeah. information there already. You know what I mean? While having a decent flow, because I guess we're, that's important in a hip hop uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> podcast to throw in. Um, he, he did it like it's not it's not gonna feel like authentic hip-hop or rap because it it is more than that but i think it, it was the only way to to give us all this information and like really have you absorb it you know there's a line that says you know a colony that runs independently meanwhile britain keeps shitting us shitting on us endlessly and the whole thing is in the revolutionary war right like mm. where america is looking to gain independence and you know, not everyone was on board. So it's like this song like kind of galvanizes the troops and like, all right, we're going to make this change. And like so many lines in the song, like, uh, you know, scratch that. This is not a moment. It's a movement. Um, really ring true now. To be honest, this song, I think it's because I'm not giving up my shot, but like kind of makes me think of say, lose yourself. It's a yeah, very like climactic, I, like, this is it. I could not wrap my head around like, Alexander Hamilton being white after seeing yeah. <laughs> It's like the opposite of whitewashing. Exactly, exactly. Like, you know, to be able to look at something that is meant to be like a, a, a nod to our history, or in this case, like the actual Hamilton biography by Ron, what's his name? Chernow? Um, you know, Lin-Manuel Lin Miranda has this interview where he says he picked up that biography in an airport to read and he couldn't put it down because it was so dramatic. He was like, this is a hip opera for sure. That's interesting. Like, yeah, because, you know, the show opens up with Aaron Burr, who, you spoiler alert right away, you know he killed Alexander Hamilton. Oh, come on. I haven't seen it yet. <laughs> Very famous... Um, Got milk commercial. <laughs> Link in the uh, in the site. Oh, there's no <laughs> leaving the shower. Um, I just think that it was such a like magical timing for him to have picked up that book with his talent, penned this thing for us to come back to uh, now, where things feel super hopeless and like weird. Um, but you just like listen back and remember, like, okay, well, this isn't the first time there's been turbulence in America. Oh, yeah. You know, like, this is kind of what we're from, so why don't we learn from it? Mm. And Hamil Hamilton gets a lot of shit because it's corny as hell. It's corny as hell. Um, there's literally a line in my shot where 
they say, when are these colonies going to rise? Mm-hmm. But in its, <laughs> and I'm not really uh, into musicals much, but in its defense, every musical is corny as hell. Corny as hell. Like, you yeah. can't just be like, man, Hamilton's corny, but Rent is where it's at. Like, no, they're no, all corny. No. The power of music musicals' corniness is that they made AIDS corny. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I didn't even know that was possible. Yeah, who knew? <laughs> like my my friend Terrell, who will definitely listen to this, he said they did it. Broadway made AIDS gayer. <laughs> they did the impossible. <laughs> and it's like so hard too because this is one of those shows that like, you know, people would give anything to see and. People were like, I know people will pay anything for this. And mm. tickets were going up to like 1200 bucks for like not even premium seats. It's crazy. Have you seen Hamilton live? I have, yes. It's oh. awesome. But I'm also a privileged piece of shit. Like, I <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, let's be honest. Like, the people who need to be seeing art are not the children of rich people. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, make it affordable and don't make it a big deal. Like, oh, here's the poor people special. (laughs) I'm curious to know what you thought, first impressions, and then I can kind of uh, fill in the gaps of where... Uh, I thought the song was interesting. Like I I didn't really know the context of it, but I figured in my head, I'm like, okay, this seems like it's from the beginning of the musical. It seems like it's setting up something significant it has that feeling like something big is about to happen one thing i noticed in it is it actually and i guarantee it's not a uh, coincidence because it's a famous line references a mob deep song there's this Which song line? i'm only 19 but my mind is older that's a really yeah. famous line in a mob deep song shook ones part two and in my head i'm like that can't be a coincidence I mean, Lin-Manuel Miranda really does write by his influence. I will yeah. tell you that. Like, the George Washington character, if you listen to it, if you watch it or if you listen to it, I, I would say watch it. Just, mm. just from, like, a hip-hop perspective. Like, as a fan of hip-hop, I would love to know what you think. Like, oh, there's my boyfriend. He's yeah, what's up, Baldev? Pour up. Can we be more? I'm sorry. I know this is not a visual podcast, but i just like to let your listeners know that we're both in a ripped-up tie-dye Yeah, t-shirt. they're matching perfectly. It's adorable. Yeah. Our hair is the same, yeah. and we have glasses, and it's too much. You're basically fucking yourself. Exactly, which is perfect, because we're both narcissists. It's perfect. Um, yeah, it's, you know, find your person, guys. Um, um, uh, yeah, he really does write by his influences. If you watch the show, you'll see, like, the George Washington character comes in hot like DMX. Like, no. he, the, way that, the way that he comes in on his flow is, like, just, it's DMX. Ow, ow. Exactly, and they have, um, you know, they say something like, we are outgunned, outmanned. What's really funny is I never thought I'd ever hear the line said non-ironically. Yeah, in this musical, the George Washington character reminds me of DMX. Like, what a time we live in. (laughs) Like, with a complete straight face. Yeah, with a complete straight, or yeah, the Alexander Hamilton musical references Mob Deep. Like, what the, are we in an alternate universe? I know, if you could go back and tell, like, 13-year-old Drew, what? I'd be like, who's Alexander Hamilton? <laughs> Our public education system has failed us. Oh, yeah. I've learned more from that song than <laughs> all my years in school. Granted, I didn't pay attention in school, but still. But going yeah. back a little bit, this is kind of a tangent, but you were talking about how this isn't the first time we have, we've had turbulence in America, and that's one of the things you like about this musical. And it's weird. I, feel, I felt that way about a few 
things like this. This is random. You know the movie Mermaids with Cher? Yes, I do know that So Candace showed it to me uh, a week or two ago. And, you know, it takes place in the 60s. And, you know, there's a scene where they're all reacting to JFK's assassination. And a character's crying. And he's like, I just feel like the world's gone crazy. And that moment in the movie was super comforting for me. I'm like, we've been through things like this before. Right. Like, most generations have had their moment, like, where, fuck, the world has just gone crazy. And that was kind of nice. Yeah, it is oddly comforting to know that, like, like, people keep saying, like, these are unprecedented times. And it's like, no, like, you see, like, in Hamilton, for example, I didn't know this, but um, when Aaron Burr and uh, Thomas Jefferson are running against each other for president, uh, Burr is the first person to openly campaign against his opponent. Mm-hmm. Like, you Again, it's like back in the day, there's like there's decorum, right? There's like want of propriety. And now Aaron Burr's like, nope, I'm going to follow Alexander Hamilton's lead. Because in the show, the two, um, Hamilton and Burr, are constantly clashing. Because Alexander Hamilton is very much like proactive. Let's do this. Let's get on the right side of history. And Aaron Burr is very tentative and like very political. And like, I'll go where I'll go, wherever the wind takes me, if it doesn't ruffle any feathers. So Hamilton will often, you know, come back to Burr with, um, if you stand for nothing, Burr, what will you fall for? And that, like, really fucks Aaron Burr up. Mm -hmm. And Aaron Burr decides, you know, once Hamilton gets in with uh, Thomas Jefferson and James Monroe, um, he's like, okay, I'm going to pull a Hamilton and I'm going to get what's mine. I'm going to take my shot, like. Because his, his whole thing is, I'm going to wait for it, and Hamilton's thing is my shot, right? So Burr goes in, and he openly campaigns against um, Thomas Jefferson, and then loses the election. Like, this is not a spoiler, this is history. Yeah. <laughs> wait, Thomas <laughs> Jefferson was president? Yeah, so he loses to Jefferson with Hamilton's vote. So Hamilton votes against Burr, because he's like, you know, we have history, but I know that you stand for nothing. Yeah. At least I know where Jefferson stands. So Hamilton gets under Burskin even more, and that's when he asks for a duel. But um, after Jefferson wins, he's like, uh, Burr is like, hey man, good race, I can't wait to work with you. Mm. Because back then, whoever lost the election becomes the vice president. Really? That I didn't know. Yeah, so then Jefferson is like, hmm, it is kind of weird that whoever loses gets to be vice president. I'm going to change that, because I'm the president now. See, I'm I'm trying to imagine what that did. Like, that sounds like a sitcom. Like, if, if Trump <laughs> lost next week and he's Biden's vice president. <laughs> Let's write it. Yeah. But, like, that's what, like, there have been crazy things put in motion. That's why it scares me when Trump says things like, I'm going to be a 13-term president. Yeah. Because Washington was, you know, president forever until he was like, I don't want to do this anymore. And then and Hamilton had, does this great job of, like, throwing to King George, mm-hmm. you know? And he's just like, what? You can do that? You can just resign? Yeah. I think you know? what's scary about right now is, at least in my opinion, we're learning that how fragile democracy is. Because if you come in and you break the rules, no one really stops you. Right. Like, we were raised to believe in checks and balances. Here Trump comes and, like, no one's checking him he can just do whatever the fact that we're talking about yeah maybe he'll run for a third term it's crazy to be like yeah the republicans would let him do that why wouldn't they they let him do everything else well and what's even crazier and i think a little more grounded in reality if that like scares people 
is Trump is not doing whatever he wants because he does not have that power. Mm. But he is saying whatever the fuck he wants. Oh, clearly. You know what I mean? Which is why it's like, again, like, rap and hip-hop is so great because it's so fearless. It's yeah. so, you know what I mean? Like, people literally will just talk shit to each other through song. And you don't even know you're fighting with someone until you hear it on the radio. Oh, yeah. I just, I love that aspect of rap. It's almost like... To me, following rap beef is almost like following sports. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Where it's like, even when you're like a casual observer and you're not rooting for one team specifically, but it's just fun to see the competition. Exactly. Exactly. And like, what are, what, how, where are they going to go? Yeah, exactly. Like, how, how, how far are they going to go? And it was different. Like, I hate when people are like, oh, I miss when rap beef was tough, like Tupac and Biggie. It's like, oh, you, you miss when they died? <laughs> violence yeah because now because now even now i think rap beef like gets personal but it is theatrical like they're not really gonna shoot each other they probably don't even really hate each other on that level it's just fun for us right right did you watch um the defiant ones that oh yeah it was great yeah dude i watched that thing like quarterly because it's so good right like it's just it's so good but i it takes up a whole day when I'm like super down because it's like the hustle is so fucking real. Yeah, absolutely. You know what I mean? It's like it's so real and like the success does not mean that it the struggle isn't still there. Like Yeah, and the hunger isn't still there. Exactly, exactly. To be like of Dr. Dre's caliber, not just as like a talent, but as like an eye for talent and predicting trends and all this shit. And I'm not even like a huge Dr. Dre fan. Yeah. I'm like a huge fan of his like vast like prowess yeah you know like he he still has not released what he wants to release yeah well in the amount of unreleased music he has because have you ever heard of his album detox yeah that's the one he's talking about yeah um, detox was announced in i want to say 1998 and still hasn't come out and it's become like an inside joke in the rap world that it's never gonna because it is never gonna come out he even admitted in 2015 he's like i can't release detox now because like the hype is too high no matter what it's gonna be a letdown because we've been waiting 20 years for it and i'm like yeah if i was him i wouldn't release it there's no reason to anymore i also wonder if like that's Lin Manuel's deal too, because he's like clearly a genius. Like clearly yeah. he is a genius. Like I will not deny that. Even if I think he's corny as fuck, he is a genius. There's plenty <laughs> of corny like, geniuses. Yeah, he's a corny ass genius, and that's fine. And get your get your money, whatever. But like, what are you gonna do next? Yeah. <laughs> like, you know what I How mean? How are you gonna like, follow this? Exactly, and and maybe don't don't be in it, and <laughs> maybe yeah. also don't rap because again, his voice drives me bananas. Yeah. Well, and you don't want to be a one-trick pony. Exactly. Well, that guy was rapping in Mary Poppins, and I said, that's enough. Yeah. <laughs> this needs to stop. <laughs> this is enough of you. Because I like to go into, like, watching shit like that and being like, okay, if I was seeing this for the first time, would I get stoked? Yeah. And it's like Lin-Manuel Miranda fucking rapping in Mary Poppins, and like, I can't. I, I... Yeah, a little Burn bit of that goes a long way. Exactly. Burn it to the ground. Um, how did, like, how did you like the sound of the song? I liked it. I mean, from what I've heard of, uh, Hamilton songs, and like I said, like, when I'm back home, my mom and my sisters play Hamilton a lot, and it does, 
I mean, I'm saying something very obvious right now. There's, there's no insight in this, but it does sound like a mixture of theater and rap. You know what I right. mean? Like, it doesn't... It's definitely not a typical rap song, but it doesn't feel like a typical song from a musical either. It right. does kind of... I mean, it does sound like... And this isn't necessarily an insult. It sounds like something a teacher wrote to educate kids in a way that won't bore them. Exactly, exactly. And it just happened to turn out pretty good. Yeah, that's exactly how I feel about it. Um, I think it's super informative. Like, they do uh, cabinet meetings as mm -hmm. a rap battle. Because yeah, it, it like, has this endearing quality of, like, out-of-touch adults, like, hey, kids, look at us, we're rapping. Right. You like this, right? <laughs> and it helps that, like, their original cast was, like, the coolest. Like, it's so nice to see something that is, that is period and to see, like, brown people in it who aren't just slaves. Yeah. Like, and who aren't, you know what I mean? Like, to really, to, to shed, to, to do colorblind casting, I think, is really um, smart. And I get into this a lot with like theater people where they're like, well, you know, I didn't get cast in Hamilton because I was white. And I was like, that's not true. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and But then I'll see a casting notice that said, literally that said, no white people. I'm like, okay, we need to figure this out. <laughs> <laughs> you, you literally cannot say that. Yeah. <laughs> you, know I mean? you know what I mean? And like, um, the... It just hit the immigrant storyline just hits harder. It hits less when you find out that Alexander, Alexander Hamilton was a Scottish immigrant. Yeah, but still the sentiment. But still, yeah, the sentiment and like the the come up is real, like that that's a real thing. You know, someone who uh, came from nothing and whose family died, like he's the one who survived through writing, and mm. you know, it's it's just one of those pieces that I'm like, okay, well clearly there's like. Undiagnosed mental illness here too. Yeah, <laughs> but there has been a lot of great people. Exactly, and I think Lin, -Mel Lin Manuel Miranda is one of those people. I wouldn't be surprised. Like, right? Like I like I, it's just I don't know. Like now, if you are writing something with the words, um, you know, hey, oh, I'm just like my country. I'm young, scrappy, and hungry. It's yeah. like that is such a universal theme. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's so informative of like who he is. Well, and also the thing I like about the success of Hamilton is it shows to just write what you want to write and what you feel passionate about, no matter how different it is. Because on paper, like I'm sure there are people around him like, what are you working on? Oh, I'm writing a rap musical about Alexander, Alexander Hamilton. And they're like, you're fucking doing what? What are you doing? Yeah. Like some of the some of the most successful ideas sound really weird and stupid on paper, and then they work magnificently. And I I love this as an example where it's like, yeah, just write what you want to write. You never know how it could turn out. And you never know how who's gonna receive it. Yeah. And how how they're gonna receive it. But also, it's this thing where like we often forget that we can work quietly. Oh, yeah, especially now I mean, with social media. Yeah, and it's like, I get, I don't know about you, but, like, my anxiety is, it's real. It's not cute. Mm -hmm. It's not, it's not the cute. I'm it's not the quirky, and, yeah. Yeah, I'm not dyeing my hair blue and fucking posting pictures of me and my mom in matching overalls. <laughs> my best, my best friend. No, my girls. <laughs> not nemesis. Like, like regular people. Like regular people. <laughs> Um, it's not cute. It is, it's like sweating from the head down. Like I've just showered. 
Um, it's not cute. And I think that, um, yeah, like working quietly and social media, those two things clash all the time because it's like, well, I want to stay on the radar and let people know that I'm like doing stuff. But also, I don't want to tell them what I'm doing. Like, yeah, well, when I'm working on a project, I don't really post about it for whatever reason because I don't want to jinx it or whatever. Like, you know, I wrote a whole pilot during... All the time. I wrote a whole pilot that I finished during quarantine and I just didn't post about it because I'm like, why? Because no one's going to be impressed by just me writing a pilot. Like, oh, he's writing a pilot. He's legit. Like, no, anyone can fucking write a pilot. But I get it. Like, work quietly and then... Let the results speak for themselves. The finished project, the finished project, be as loud as you want, but work exactly. quietly. Well, I mean, that's why I love like, uh, you know, Boldev's old roommate, our friend Dave Rabinowitz, is like the coolest dude of all time. Like the coolest customer there is. He wrote Black Klansman. Oh and yeah, Candace has talked about. Him. Yeah, I yeah. love that movie. Yeah, and. He does. He never talked about it. Yeah. Everyone has talked about it. For, and I'm like, that's the model. Like, mm. shut, just let people speak. You know, don't don't. You, I'm not saying don't brag about your shit because yeah, you're I'm all for positive. bragging about the positive results. I'm yeah. like, you know what? Be proud. Be confident. Be as cocky as you want. But yeah, yeah don't brag during the process. Exactly. Because you just because look you know insufferable. What? Things things die in the water all the time. All the time. All the time. You can think, you can literally think that you've made it. And then, boom, a pandemic hits. You know what? Or, yeah. <laughs> a pet peeve of yeah. mine, like, I won't I won't say his name, but there's, like, a comic I know who, whenever he submits to something, he posts That's about it. Time. Yeah, That's like, the submission is an accomplishment. And, you know, it'll get, like, 200 likes, like, so proud of you. And it's, like, anyone can, like, I just submitted to be... To do stand-up on this TV show, just some open submission, 200 likes, you're killing it, I'm so proud of you. And it's like, when I submit to anything, a festival, a show, anything, I don't post about it. Like, what do you... Yeah, you know what I would love to see someone post about? How fucking stupid those submissions are, and how much they cost, and what you had to give yeah. to afford that submission. Like, yes, I didn't eat for two days because I had to pay $35 yeah. for this thing, and it was either pay for this or put it in my gas tank. Exactly. So I'm, day, I'm already fucking depressed, and I probably didn't get into this festival, uh -huh. so now I'm going to delete that post. That's embarrassing. Oh, I got 200 likes. Cool. It will always make you more humble when you know that it's like no one gets out of bed well, for less than 100K. Well, and also, like you're uh you become the boy that cried wolf with accomplishments if every submission is an accomplishment but then you get right. a real one it's like well who gives a shit now exactly. but i will say one of my favorite i accomplished this big thing post do you know nicole conlin i don't she's a she was a stand-up here she writes for this for uh stephen colbert now but I remember she, you know, posted, I got a job writing for the Stephen Colbert show. I'm going to New York. Million likes. But then, like, the next day, she, like, posted this long story. She was like, for those of you that think this was easy, you know, before I got this job, I got rejected by, and she listed, like, every TV show you could think about. She's like, I got rejected by SNL, uh, Family Guy, The Simpsons, Conan, blah, 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 like a million shows. And she's like, my message is, if that happened to me, there's no hope for you talentless hacks. <laughs> you know what? I love that because I love the pettiness of it. Oh, absolutely. We're not, we're not above it. We're not above it. I think a lot of success is fueled by pettiness. Did you see the I Michael Jordan pettiness. documentary? The what? The documentary about Michael Jordan, The Last Dance. No. 
first off, yeah. I'm actually doing, I'm going to do a podcast about this series because I have two Olympic level siblings. Oh, yeah? And, yeah, and I, like, need a medal when I walk up the stairs. <laughs> it is amazing, but... Yeah. What's one of the great things about it is you look, Michael Jordan was fueled by just petty rage and it worked. Yep. Like he was the pettiest guy in the world and it helped him. And I love that. Winners are petty. They are. <laughs> you know, and I, I love that. And Take I the low road. Exactly. It, you'll get there faster. <laughs> Less traffic. <laughs> exactly. Let's, let's be done with gratitude. Um, and just start really openly hating each other because it's perfect. But yeah, no, it's crazy. Like I love those kind of stories. Like uh, in This Is Us, the, one of the girls, she before she got cast, she had eighty-seven cents in her bank account. Mm, that's crazy. And was like, I've been out here for ten years. Nothing was happening. I barely got to that audition, and then booked a role of a lifetime those stories are so encouraging you need to hear those stories sometimes sometimes when i'm down about my career i'll just go on youtube and watch interviews with celebrities where they tell stories like that well yeah and people are like that's so stupid like you think you're like a celebrity i'm like no it's because i don't want to hear this shit coming out of your mouth yeah manager of the Uh, tvs that somehow (laughs) (laughs) i i need to see the success happen yeah um and that's why it's like, you know, Hamilton's so great, too, because he never really gets recognition. Like no, Hamilton, not really. You know what I mean? It's like when people were like, let's replace Hamilton on the $10 bill with Harriet Tubman. I was like, why are we not doing that with Andrew Jackson? Yeah, um, who was like a monster. Exactly. And fun fact, there was a musical because they're like, oh, musicals about presidents. This is so revolutionary. It's not. My cousin's great friend, music directed a show called Bloody Bloody Andrew Jackson. You would hate it. (laughs) Why is that? It's like like this emo rock opera about populism. That sounds like the greatest thing I've ever seen. (laughs) Um, The main song is called uh, Populism Yeah Yeah. um, Oh my God. (laughs) Followed by um, uh, Andrew Jackson is a rock star. so, I'm gonna find a gun. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, so, but what I love about Hamilton also is it really reinforced like I don't know about you, how are you with like your time, like as a stand-up, as a writer, because you are a phenomenal writer. Oh, I, thanks. You are such a good writer. I love the way you write. I love your brevity. Like um, you just have a really good sense of timing. It's like oh, thank you, you so you, much. Yeah, I really feel like your reads are so easy because, like, rhythmically, it's just... I always say rhythm is a huge part of comedy. It's huge. And I think I would not be a good comedian if I wasn't such a good musician. I will tell you that. There is a weird connection that people don't realize. Yeah. It is very much like... Because, again, I I think it's tied into our nervous system. I think if you have a regulated nervous system, you're never going to be a good comic. Like, I'm sorry. If you don't run either too hot or too cold, I don't want to talk to you. No, I completely agree. You got to be on, like, one extreme end of the spectrum. Yeah, and I mean, it's like, um, like, bipolar disorder, for example. My best friend is a therapist, and we were talking about how quarantine has kind of um, induced parts of BPD in people who don't even have BPD. Yeah, well, I'm bipolar, so it's been a fun roller coaster for me. (laughs) 
<laughs> maybe you should write a musical. Uh, maybe. <laughs> um, just start rapping about BPD. Yeah, you done with BPD? Yeah, you, you know me. <laughs> exactly. Um, but yeah, I just I think that like uh, yeah, I'm curious to know how you manage your time. It does. Yeah. It depends. Sometimes when I'm stressed, I'm awful at time management. Like lately, I've been kind of overwhelmed with a bunch of stuff and I'll have nothing but free time, but be so unproductive. Now, the flip side is sometimes I'm super productive, but uh, it's weird not being able to really do stand up that much. Yeah. Because that was a big part of my schedule and just how I functioned. And it was easier to be productive with other projects when I had stand up because I always had the creative juices flowing, but also I've noticed I'm more productive when I have less free time. Right. I don't know why. It's the devil. Because it's, yeah, because it's like, yeah, I only have an hour to write this before I do X, Y, Z, and it's just easier to work on stuff. But, so lately my time management has been pretty mediocre, but uh, it depends on a bunch of stuff. Like, I've been trying to write, say, an article or two a week, and there's a... There's a pilot I finished at the beginning of quarantine. Now I'm working on a pilot and a feature and just trying to like keep myself busy. Yeah. It's almost, yeah. Like what are we, what is this time if we have nothing to, like I know that's like a toxic mentality, but like I. But there's some truth to it where it's like. There's truth to it. Yeah. But the other flip side is like, you know, take care of yourself and don't beat yourself up if you're not productive. But at the same time, yeah, I do want to have something to show for it when this is over. Even if it's not an accomplishment, but it's a project I finished that could be something. Like, I finally finished this script I wanted to finish for however. I mean, that's part of why I started this podcast. It was an idea I had, and I was like, well, I got nothing else to do right now. Why not? Exactly, and it's a topic that you're passionate about. Exactly. I like like to think it's not a generic podcast. Exactly. Well, I mean, there's so many angles on it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Because there, hip-hop is an entry point to anything. You know what I mean? Even if you're not a hip-hop fan or whatever, you're either outraged by lyrics and content, mm-hmm. or you, like, love it. Yeah, or exactly. something that's in the background. You know what I mean? Like, I, just to throw back to time, like, I used to feel like I had to account for everything, right? Like, at this time do this and be done by it by this time and then by this like just really really hyper regimented because i if left with too much free time i will watch the defiant ones twice in a row yeah exactly yeah and like because the way that i learn is i absorb i absorb content if i watch all seven seasons of new girl i will know how to write a better pilot no that makes perfect sense it's like research Exactly, exactly. But then but then your relaxing time gets messed up with work time. And then you start feeling guilty about it. And then it's easy to fall into laziness. Exactly. So instead of like planning my year, I plan quarterly. That's then, smart. Yeah. And then I block out like time chunks that mm-hmm. are a little bit more free form, you know? Because stand-up is an anchor, right? Like, you and my boyfriend, I think, are very similar in that, like, that is in your rotation every Yeah, day. I need to do it frequently. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, we fantasize about living in New York so you can do 10 mics a night, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, that's, like, fantasy scenario number two. Um, but, like, in quarantine, you have all this, like, weird space, so there is so much time. Like, do you find that when you're listening to lots of hip-hop, like, in a condensed amount of time, you're more productive? 
Uh, sometimes, and it's weird because I'm not a rapper, obviously, but sometimes, you know how an art form that isn't yours will still inspire you in your art form? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. That's what I thought stand-up was when I wasn't pursuing stand-up. Yeah, exactly. Or like, yeah. that's how, because I don't do sketch comedy, I love being inspired by it because I can... I can watch it and not compare myself to it because it's not my thing, but I can still be like, this makes me want to be funnier. Yeah. Well, here's my trick. I've never taken a sketch class, um, but I was the same as you. Like, I just watch sketch and, like, learn so much from it, like, absorb from it uh, because I could do the, that math in my head. Yeah. Like, it, it starts to feel like a rhythm. And, like, like Boldev really helps me with, like, escalating, right? Like, because I think of it like stand-up. And I was like, oh... That's what it is. That's exactly, if you can apply the way you think and how you joke right, like, you can write a sketch. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. It's just never really been my bag. Like, I've, yeah. I don't know, I love sketch, but I've always loved it as a fan. Like, I've never had a desire to try it. Well, and it's like, the idea of creating characters is so daunting. And it's also just not, my, like, I've never been good at voices, characters, impressions, like, none of that. That's just, I've never, that's never been part of my stand-up. So I'm like, yeah. I kind of just want to stick to what I know. Well, that's why it's like, okay, so I'm trying to keep it as Hamilton-y as possible. <laughs> oh, it's fine. We always get off topic. Four hours about stand-up because I, I think you're one of those comics too that just like really gets the fucking math of it. And then you're funny on top of that. Because some people just get the math and then they don't put any of themselves into it. Or sometimes it, there's just no math at all. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, oh, cool. Three minutes felt like two hours. Cool, mm. cool, cool. Um, but, um, yeah, we just like really, as I was watching this, I, I watched this with my boyfriend on Disney plus and it's so powerful because you can literally, these are real people, right? These are real things that happened. It, it's just David Diggs mm. and it's just, you know, they're real people. So it's like, okay, Ken Linwell, Lin, Lin, I can't say this name right. This should be a drinking game. It's like at the top of this, you should intro Drink every time Allie gets Lynn Manuel Miranda wrong. Uh, I don't know how to say it either. I just try to pay attention to how you say it. It's too many L's and M's and N's together. Like, <laughs> it's a disaster of a name. Um, don't hate. Um, <laughs> just call them Lynn. Exactly. Like, these are First name basis. These were founding fathers. These were founding fathers who literally were like, this is how America is going to be run now. And, like, Lin-Manuel really found a way to, like, make it all digestible again, like I said. Like, they, I don't know, I just, I just have not seen anyone else do it like this. Mm -hmm. and, and with this kind of music, because it, the music has so much of, carries so much of why it is powerful. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, like, the story on its own, it's like, you can give or take, like, it's history, but because they cast it the way they cast it, because they use the music that they use to like emphasize, like to emphasize very real moments of history and make you give a shit about it, because they're like, oh shit, he, you know, yeah. Thomas Jefferson's ass in this cabinet rap battle. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it is um, amazing, and you know, it's again, like I definitely think it's worth a watch and a, lis and a listen as we are trying to inspire real change again. Yeah. 
and because it, it happens. It happens. Enough voices were heard that we changed the way things were. And it's it's very odd to be recording this in that by the time this is out, the election would have happened, and it's so weird the suspense right now. It's like oddly tense, right? It is. I'm like, I hope future me is re-listening to this episode happy. Right, right. And like, and you know what? Like, what I've had to prepare myself for is like, it's not the result, it's the action, right? So if I don't get the desired result, at least I have a plan of action of how I can like do better next time. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Like, because I think our, so much of our problem is we're like, go vote. And we shame people into voting or not voting because I know a lot of people who don't vote. I know a lot of people who are truly wonderful people who are Republicans who are like, I can't, I can't vote. I can't support Trump and I Mm. can't support Biden. Like, I don't know what to do. Because we have gotten so far away from giving a shit about our neighbor. Exactly. Well, that's why I hate, like, like, when I hear about Republicans that are anti-Trump, I love that, but I have ultra-liberal friends that are like, no, they're evil because they're still Republicans. And it's like, we're not going to accomplish shit if the other side is evil no matter what. Like, exactly. if if someone from the other side wants to join your side, you can't be like, nope, you used to be on the other side, so I'm always going to hate you. It's like, that's so counterproductive. Did you see Sarah Silverman posted that clip on her Instagram um, about her friend who was a neo-Nazi. No. Who was, like, who was like a recruiter for neo-Nazis and then like is reformed now. Wow. No, that yeah. sounds interesting. Because he was so fucked up and had no one and nothing that he went with the love and the love happened to come from neo-Nazis. Yeah. Because no one makes you feel shittier than a liberal on their high horse. Like, no that is so true. Like the woke white LA liberals. Yeah. To the point yeah. where it's like you're you're only hurting yourselves because you're they're gatekeepers in that like if we have ninety nine percent of the same opinions but one percent is different that one percent you're evil now because we don't exactly. have all the same opinions. Did you watch that uh, documentary on Netflix about Cambridge Analytica? No. You should watch that. What's That's it called? A good watch. It's called The Great Hack. Okay about how the election was swayed using mm. social media and specifically about this one girl who was kind of the, the genius behind it. Um, she started out working out working for the Obama administration and like was very smart, very bright. And as you see flashbacks to like her social media posts, they're like seven likes, 12 likes, blah, mm. blah, blah, blah. When she switches over to the red, yeah. It's like hundreds of like they show so much more support mm-hmm. for each other. And that is they like, they are truly more unified than the last. Oh, absolutely. Say what yeah. you want about them and there's a lot of there's bad things lot. to say yeah. about them. But the infighting on the left, I'm like this is going to kill us. Well, it's crazy too because it's like, you know, I I I still cannot get over people aren't wearing masks, right? It's like, so annoying. Like dude, it's so easy. Just it's put on so a fucking easy. mask. Yeah, it's so easy. Um, if not for you, for the you, you don't care about the mask, okay, fine, but do you care about this person who might be immunocompromised? Yeah. And you, you know, they, they don't, we don't care. We don't care about each other. Um, that is the, the, the problem. And so I really think that if we could all just take a step back and be like, hey, we're not important, really. 
Yeah. We we're not that important to ruin the world. Which is like America is not allowed anywhere. How embarrassing. Yeah, it's like I It's humiliating. And, and my ex in France said something to me very powerful when this came out, uh, when Hamilton came out, and he said, How how can America be the birthplace of genius like this and the greatest art, the greatest culture, and still not know not figure it out? Yeah, it's a good question. And I'm like, I I don't know what to tell you because he's absolutely right. How do we have the funniest people on the planet? How do we have, you know, the 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 richest people on the planet? Like how do we how do we have all of this and still like fall so short? Yeah, it's it's a good question. You know, and we are so micro, like you and I, on like even in the industry, like it's so daunting sometimes to think about and like discouraging. Oh, extremely. I try not to. Try not to because it's like you just gotta stick it out, right? You just gotta yeah. stay in fucking LA. This is Bulldog's plan. He's like, just stay. Stay and finish something. And just do shit. People don't. Yeah. But then this sounds douchey. But do you ever see, like, you know, a few people moved out of LA? I'm talking pre COVID. And yeah. you're just like, Good. Yes. It's like there's the too time. there's too many comics and actors. A lot of you got when I see a shitty comic move home, I'm like, we need more of this. Yeah, he gave time back to. Yeah, the you're work. exactly. You're <laughs> taking up space. You know, like I, it's so funny. I I wish I had known you when this happened because I think you would have just died. We were outside of the comedy store for potluck, um, and. This guy walks by with his friend, and he's like, all of you go back to Iowa. <laughs> go back to Iowa. And I, <laughs> I thought it was like a comic. I'm like, that's so shitty. And then I realized it was just a regular person. <laughs> I laughed so This guy's hard. a prophet. Like, he's right. He is so right. And um, yeah, I just, but this is one of my hype up songs. When I'm feeling super discouraged, when I see someone got a show, and I'm like, ah. Oh. Why not me? Meanwhile, yeah, exactly. Like, because we are all guilty of it. No one is exempt from it. Yeah, gracious as we want to be. It's human. Like, get real. You're jealous. I'm jealous. Yeah. Um, I listen to this song and I'm just like, yeah. You know what? I have something to say sometimes, and I have a good teammate, and I I can bring something to the room. I will fucking stick it out. This is my shot. I will take it. And that's just the corny musical theater nerdy me. Who is I love it. To Hamilton. And I know all of you fucking assholes out there running are listening to Hamilton too. You can't run away from yourself. <laughs> you, you can't. You're already thin. Go home. Stop I running. You won. Stop running. <laughs> no. Um, but yeah, I do think that we should definitely do another one of these after you watch it. I'm very down. And do a whole yeah. episode about the math raps. Exactly. <laughs> 